0: And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds.
2: Hello and welcome to the preview show edition of the Blue Monday podcast, a three times weekly show looking into all things Ipswich Town. I'm your host, Richard Woodward, and I'm delighted to welcome back the brilliant Harry from Bath. Harry, how's it going? Hello, Rich. All good here. Good to talk to you. And looking
3: you? Forward to Looking forward to Sheffield United this weekend. It, is Joe right? What he said about twenty to one the odds.
2: Twenty to one is the, our chances of winning, according to some bookies. Yeah, God, that okay. is a game in the same okay. league that we are in.
3: And but this if, is the pre- And we're preview. We're going to spend the next ever so ever so long previewing.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we might yeah. want to uh, yeah. temper I, people's expectations. That we yeah, we usually I, try looking for weaknesses, don't we, to give people hope. Yeah. I don't mm. think this is going to be one of those shows, is it? No. I looked up Man United. Remember we played them in the League Cup of a few years the four ago. Nil. I,
3: yeah, the 4-0. Yeah. And I looked that one up, Malarczyk's finest star. And um, <laughs> it was... Uh, it was. I think the odds for that were kind of 12s. I think 10, 12, 15. I think I spotted at 115, but generally 10 to 12, a lot of 8 to 1s as well, but not not
2: 20 to 1. Dear God. That yes. how for, how low we've fallen. Here
3: um, be dragons, eh? <laughs>
2: yeah. well, and uh, let us um, quickly say that um, gamble responsibly and all that fun stuff. Yes, um, indeed. But yeah. I, I would probably not put any... I think I saw Matt <laughs> Macon say, that means yeah. if I put one pound on that bet, I lose one pound, and yes. I think that's what—that's the way you need to think about this one. Um, we've got plenty uh, to talk about. We'll, um, yeah. we'll kind of we'll go through Sheffield United and how bloody brilliant yeah. they are. Um, yeah. Should we um, start by going back through um, Swansea and Preston, which was not a fun weekend. Um, Started with the 4-0 defeat on um, Good Friday from Preston. Um, We called out Callum Robinson. We called out Nemecha as well, and they um, got a brace each um, uh, in each half. Um, And then Swansea on Easter Monday, um, (laughs) a little bit of a rally after a pretty disappointing defeat on Friday. But again, a fairly comfortable win for Swansea. Um, yeah. Where do you want to start? Where? What are your thoughts from just from those just games? A,
3: just a few one-liners, really? Because I think the the flagship show earlier in the week, you cover you you Joe and Dave covered it really brilliantly between the three of you. Um, I think Preston, you have to factor in the fact that they'd lost what was it four games in a row beforehand. Alex Neal had just signed a new contract, mm. so we were walking into a bit of a firestorm there from from the beginning. I felt, um, and we'd just been well, relegated
2: as well. I mean, yeah, yeah. love that Alex yeah. and yeah,
3: yeah. But um, I do. I, there was one thing, and we'll come on. We will talk about McGoldrick later. But that comment about the lack of expectation in the club. I was chatting to my good old Italian mate Vince, who we will have on here someday. You'll get to have it. Listen to him. He's very thoughtful about Ipswich, and Italians always think differently, as I ever always say. And I ran. 4-0 past him and I also for the first time I hadn't mentioned Goldrick's comment about the fact that there, were, that there were different there wasn't the urgency, there wasn't the sense of expectation and when I mentioned that to him it was like a curtain drop watching his face, his face absolutely fell and he said, are you being too nice? He says you can go, you know, he says Napoli fans, he's a Napoli supporter, he said and you see it with Leeds, you see it with some other clubs, they have irrational expectations, they they, you know, they know, expect to win the European Cup every year, they expect, you know, the, you know, the, the, the glorious future to be on their doorstep, he said there is a risk you can go the other way. So yeah. just to there was quite that. a
2: few questions on the um, yeah. flagship about that and a few people yeah. I, I, you know stat is is one of those and tricky mm-hmm. as well a few people particularly fans yeah. who've who've known us at that kind of top echelon who yeah. who are gutted you know mullet's another one of them who quite rightly yeah. thinks a club of Ipswich Town stature and history should not be playing in the third tier is no. is an embarrassment that we've got there um yeah. the flip side of that equation is um i think people don't want to um channel that anger towards lambert and the players as you've talked no. about before yeah. um and the hope is that um things will turn around but if they don't if, it, if we kind of keep talking about this october november yeah. threshold for when yeah. the jury is kind of comes back on lambert if it, yeah. october november is looking we're mid table and, and not stringing together wins, I think it will turn then because the other thing you add into the mix is a load of season ticket holders, potentially who who haven't had them before as well, who have got them with the expectation of, well, this might be a a temporary visit and we'll score more goals and win more matches. It'll It'll be great fun. When the reality kicks in, or if the reality kicks in, it's not as easy as people think. I think people will turn. But Yeah. yeah, that kind of slow... Acceptance that we are where we are, and and we we shouldn't expect to beat anyone, as Vince has mm. has, has, has has spotted. Um, yeah. I think has been on the cause has been there for a while, has not it?
3: Yeah, it's a sobering moment. But that was that was that it that that all came together with me. And obviously we'll we'll talk about there was there were questions about you know what how do championships teams do in League One, mm. which we'll come on to shortly, I'm sure. But the um the other issue two things again we saw using mullet's great quote again where he described chalaba as a rolls royce with l plates i do think for the swansea goal it was the l plates i don't know what he was thinking it was just he just had that uh, it, there was a he, he, his brain just froze um, yeah exactly right yes and uh, but and also and we'll talk about this when we come on to sheffield united as well i think the lack of width does scare me still in the team that's whatever else because it's so fundamental to so many of the the link-ups across the field if your wingers are communicating with your strikers with your playmaker with your midfielders if you're play, if you're getting overlapping full backs however you model the team you have to have a wide attacking proposition and i really don't see anything durable at the moment we yeah. have we have bits of it um there's an interesting question on Danny Rowe, and I looked him up, actually. Ooh. He's tearing it up in Lincoln, apparently, but he's tearing it up as a forward, an inside forward. He seems to be a, a swap in. They take Matt Reid out, and they bring Danny Rowe in. That seemed, I could be wrong on that. because wow, That's a different of pairing, listeners. isn't it? It is, indeed. <clears> but <throat> but he's, he doesn't seem from the – I just had a quick half hour on the forum just to get a sense of it. And my reading of it is that he's not being used as a – he doesn't seem to be getting used as, as a wide man. I could be wrong in that so shoot me down if I am but but going back to the width issue that is a problem and as for Decel I am worried it's, he seems to be he looks like a luxury player at the moment but again does he need the right partners does he need some steel and urgency in there to give him the space that he needs because if you're putting him in with a lightweight midfield up against streetwise championship opponents it ain't going to happen he will be a luxury player yeah. just want to factor that into. No, the I see, as well. Yeah. I'm worried that people are suddenly you know He's, it's 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 not that simple, yeah.
2: And and I wonder to what extent Judge going wherever he wants mm. has kind of has encroached on Disel's territory on the pitch as well. Because Judge, yeah. we we called about to call this out in the flagship as well. It's, I, I saw Judge having Magilton moments on um, on Monday, as in he dropped yeah. deep to, and demanded the ball off people. Um, mm-hmm. But whether that was his position or not, when Lambert named the team there's another debate and Magilton was a sitter was was that kind of deep line playmaker Judge should be further up the pitch actually probably should be out left but he floats wherever he wants and I wonder whether he is him coming in and calling for the ball off people is actually stopping Dezel receiving the ball as much maybe I don't know
3: good question good good point that could cause could that could cause confusion because there has to be some balance between flair and discipline with that and and if you want to give one player some flair judge would be the player to do it but it has to be done in some sort of a a coordinated way i mean yeah good but point but if, if everything
2: good goes point. through judge then, yeah. then what's the point of it as well? you might as well stick another sitter or another yeah, you know, scoos and downs and chaliver together yeah. and and just ignore the midfield altogether yeah.
3: but um, e- but but equally rich if judge is really firing on all four cylinders and he's really causing problems he's going to draw players to him which in theory should then free Dizal up mm. because if judge, is, if, if judge is just running around like a bit of brownie in motion from the old science lab you know he's just scooting around the pitch not really being effective then they don't need to worry about him they can kind of mo- m- monitor him but actually then they can keep an eye on everybody but when you have a real problem player then that can then distract that free you know Here's a really old example: Pele in the 1970 World Cup, when they Jarzino scored the goal against England. Pele had the ball. The English defenders were suddenly frozen by Pele. They were drawn to him, and he side-footed the ball out. Jardino, bang, one 0 mm. It's that type of model that you get. If you, if Rodríguez is really tearing it up, that should be then freeing space up for others. And I'm not sure we we haven't seen that yet. The system mm. isn't isn't yeah. working for anyone. I don't think yeah. at the moment.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and, uh, and it's got a fierce test on Saturday. Um, tea time. Um, I mean, as we've as we've said at the start of the show, if yeah. you're looking for um, positives or if you're looking for a hope, um, you're not going to find it this week. Um, you no. might find it next week, um, given the brilliant um, Easter weekend that Sheffield United had and the and the dire one that um, Leeds United yeah. have had that has just swung oh. that second yeah. third battle totally on its head Um, Sheffield United um, I remember the preview we did um, the game just before Christmas um, and it's a team with energy, um, with creativity, with players that will just bomb forward with Mm. width as you've talked about and as we kind of discussed before we came on they've got options haven't they, they've got quality throughout, they've they've strengthened really well in, in January with some loan signings but they've got goals in different guises as well they've got goals from midfield but they've got four or five strikers who you can Mm. plug and play with as well One of them gets injured, another one comes in, and it's been a great weekend for McGoldrick. That Hull game, the 3-0 win against Hull, um, which cemented their place in second place. McGoldrick was front and centre, and I'm sure you are going to regale us with some some lovely feedback that McGoldrick (laughs) is is gathering from Sheffield United fans, which will make us even more gutted that we let him go for nothing.
3: you know, that, you know that wound with all the salt in it that every <laughs> Ipswich Town fan seems to have at the moment? Well, we've just got a, another consignment of salt just been delivered on, on this show. We'll come back to that later. It's the not only good. way that it could be worse
2: is if maybe Mick McCarthy came out and said how brilliantly David McGoldrick was doing and how he hoped, you know, if only that had happened for uh, us in Ipswich or something like that. Uh, um, uh, that's the only way to... Yeah, I'm, glad, I'm
3: glad Mick doesn't harbour grudge. Twist the knife or whatever. <laughs> um,
2: where yeah. should we start with Sheffield United? I, th- I think we, we usually okay. go through all the whole team, but I yeah. I think we can probably yeah. pick off the key players. But okay. I guess I'd quite like to start with a bit on Chris Wilder, if I may. Yeah. Because yeah. I think for a while, he'd, he's been underestimated by the wider football community because he's a tracksuit manager and yeah. potentially um, some of the history with Sheffield United and missing out last season, having had a really good run, maybe... He's only got one plan, plan A. Mm. Um, but actually, um, the um, popular opinion now is, is that Wilder is, is vastly outperforming and is is a really solid manager that has probably a really big future. It's just because yeah. he's um, perhaps, as I say, the track suit manager or perhaps maybe an unfashionable club in Sheffield United. He maybe isn't getting the plaudits that maybe Farker is or... Elsa is. Um, But Wilder is up there, isn't he? He he probably is a good bet for manager of the season, I would suggest.
3: You would put him right up there. Is there a George Burley parallel?
2: Uh, Yeah, it's an interesting thought, that.
3: Because, you know, one of them said, Wilder isn't just a manager, he's a blade. Mm. You know, they, he really identifies with the club. And they were meandering around in League One well, since 2011, I think. And he, you know, he took them over and he just, in May 16, they were blundering around for five, six years. And then he kind of galvanized them and, and brought them through. Um, it's a good fit, keep, isn't it? He, yeah, it is, actually. He's They, they adore him. Uh, there is that thing of, I've always believed that, if you don't have a lot of money you have to get teams playing to a very specific model because then they will all overperform if you get that model really working well you saw it with Ian holloway with this 433 allardyce did it with a different style of play whatever the style of play is you have to have it good and working well so therefore these imperfect players will play above themselves mm-hmm. and this is a classic example i'm not sure he has a plan b but he has a plan a which he does really really well and just do plan a better one interesting thing um Let's blast into the in, into their style of play. It's 3-5-2, three five, two, three um, three uh, centre backs, uh, two or three four one two, two sitting in the midfield, um, wing backs and a playmaker in behind two strikers. Um, there's a subtle change in emphasis um, in the way they've played it. The, in the normal the normal three five two earlier in the season, when they fly at a team, the, where they overload the wings is they will the centre backs will hammer up the field. Mm. Contrast that with Brentford, who played 3-4-3, where the three centre-backs remained static... The two wide players, the two wing backs, hammer up the field and link with the wide strikers breaking out. That's where they get their w- w- wide overload. Whereas, as I say, Sheffield United, they you get the centre backs racing up the field, and you can then create. And if you get a midfielder dropping out wide as well, you can suddenly have three men out against a full back. Yeah. And for teams who don't have a lot of width or who have been struggling to find width, and yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm terrified <laughs> about this. This is, is a problem. It really is. And and if Ender Stevenson does, Stevens, I should say, doesn't. Gate, you're going down, go, going going down one side. Um, you know the right the right wing back is going to do it on the other side. So you, you can't you know you, you 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 know you really you really can't win. You know you've got George Baldock or Kieran Freeman, or both of them can do it on the on the on the other side as wing backs. Now, Wilder, I mention it because w- w- Wilder has been making a subtle shift in emphasis as the second half of the campaign has gone in. Earlier in the season, you had both full ba- center backs hammering forward and leaving John Egan sitting at, at the back. In the As the season has progressed, there has only been, they've talked, a lot of them have talked about the fact that only one will break forward now. So it's more measured in their attacking play. They said, um, they said, what was the phrase? They said, we're being slightly more cautious. Earlier in the season, we were far more fluid, more dangerous going forward, but with a softer underbelly. The team has felt sturdier recently, less effective or attractive going forward, but a good deal better at grinding out results.
2: Well, a couple so of he, clean sheets over the Easter as well, yeah, isn't it? As well. Yeah
3: exactly. So there is balance. There is balance there. He's managed to find a way of operating the system, but he's able to say, right, we can be on we can have the oven at two hundred and twenty degrees or we can have the oven at one hundred and sixty, depending on where we who depending on how we want to regulate it. Yeah. Which is which is fascinating, it really is. And the worry yeah. is that
2: they'll just go for it for us, won't
3: they? Oh gosh, yes, as everybody seems to think that they can do. It's really interesting. Quickly as well. It is worth mentioning, and this again goes back to our playoff season. I'm just dragging, dragging up all these grim parallels. I'm so sorry. That the, the three players they brought in in January were telling all loan signings: Kieran Dowell, the playmaker from Everton, to act um, as a, uh, as an alternative to Mark Duffy, and then strikers Gary Medine and Scott Hogan. Medine from Cardiff, Hogan from Villa, where they were kind of peripheral to what was going on. I remember Villa fans were hammering. Hogan, they really didn't rate him at all. But he seems to have found a really good. Wilder has got a great role out of him as um as at at Sheffield at Sheffield United.
2: Um, yeah, it's um. But those are top, you know, those are probably yeah. players that you would expect yeah. in a top three championship team, wouldn't you? I mean, they yeah. are they are good standard players that probably can make the step up as well. Maybe Medine's yeah. probably a little bit, um, mm. maybe probably in that kind of championship striker. Yeah. bracket of two too good good enough. Enough the frame. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah. right but but yeah. Dowell I think is going to be a big player for someone yeah, I think. he will
3: no he will definitely that they can see they can see that in him and again he, they they all offer something different to each other as we we, we, we we won't dwell on the team because we pretty much know what they're going to be and we've i think we've covered it before i think most most people know them we, we, we won't ignore any of them but we'll we'll blast our way through the squad um but uh it is as i say high intensity pressing mm. playing on the front foot um i think we're as Brentford, what might might be kind of one dial more technical. I think Sheffield and I should have more of an urgency about them the way they play. I think yeah. it is more there's it's a little bit it's one notch more British if I can describe it as that. They you know they, they you know they will they will get stuck in if they need to. They have that they've got that within them even though they're not necessarily huge as a squad. Mm. Yeah. Okay.
2: Should we um, should we start at the back and pick yeah. people let's, out as we go let's, through?
3: Let's blast our way through. Some will just give one liners to just because just so you're aware of them. Quickly on Dean Henderson, the goalkeeper, um, on loan last season at Shrewsbury with Paul Hurst, and on loan this season from um, it was on loan at Shrewsbury from parent club Manchester United. Just to get that clear. Um, confident keeper struggled earlier in the season with his crossing. That has come on, um, and as he's got more confident with the with the back line, they've got a fairly solid. It's that thing of. The, you know you've got three centre backs and the keeper who all know each other's games now so you've got Gold Covalent Bonds again are very strong there. They they all know what they're they know what they're all doing. Um so making saves that he really some of them are unreal. There is one witty moment. He does have a bit of a sense of humor and he's a bit he's a bit of a heart on the sleeve keeper. There was one was it the who was the Wigan player that they sold and he took a shot. Was it um at the DW Stadium, Lee Evans. No, Lee Evans. It was. I think it was. He took a shot which sailed about ten feet over the bar, nowhere near the goal. And Dean Henderson throws himself heroically across <laughs> the goal and collapses in a heap on the ground. And they described him as he's proper Hollywood, but he's class. He's a. He I think he is. A, he's. You know, all goalkeepers they say are a bit mad. I think he's. Lady, he's got that. Yeah. Yeah. Centre back at the heart. The, the 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 one player who doesn't bomb up the field is John Egan. Hmm and we remember him before we talked about him scoring two goals against us for Brentford a couple of years ago when um, we didn't put anyone under Mick on one of the I think it was on the back post from set pieces or something
2: yeah it?
3: were corner yeah. kicks yeah yeah I, I still think Barrow was at fault but what do I know usual thing absolute rock brick wall he's broken into the Ireland team he's been in and out of that like you could see Mick actually yeah I could see that working mm-hmm. he's trusted not only a warrior but he's actually he can he has got a good long pass on him but i think he operates under instructions not to you know, you have enough footballing defenders in that back line. You don't need to do it. Let the others get on with it. No headlines with him. He performs every week. And one of these really consistent defenders that they like. On his left side, they've got Jack O'Connell. And one of them said he is the, this, it sums of the uniqueness of the format system they use, one blade said he's just about the only overlapping left footed centre back in world football. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. think, think, think that one through and um, they love him um they without him we're less effective they lack a direct replacement although ender stevens can drop in and play that role actually as he did recently but um he's very good in the air but he hasn't done much in the air with set pieces this season last year he seemed to be more effective attacking wise he's not a problem but with, with, there isn't a problem with him heading the ball but they think he could be a bit more clinical so um and on the other side probably looking at chris basham Okay, uh, not Martin no, Crane. Uh,
2: no, possibly. I've I got, got they, my they, Coventry hash, Coventry. No, no, no it's,
3: it's, it's in bold. I have it in the list here. It's in, the, <laughs> it's in my little CV game here. I love that new CV game, That's by the good way. Everyone yeah. did this. It's a really good. It's kind of like CV. It's like a auction, isn't it? it is like auction or it's like a bridge game, you know, it's a contract bridge, you know, you know, how high, you know, higher, higher, or lower kind of thing. Really, really good. Listen out for it. It's, um, but Basham getting back to him. He is a uh, work your socks off. Never stop running through walls. Make the most of what you have. They love his energy. His forward runs are admirable as he charges through the opposition. His overlapping causes havoc. He's perfect for their system. As I say in a technical back three, you wouldn't put him in there, but for this, for a team where you, they love marauding, which is yes. the best word to use. It. You, you've got a marauder,
2: you know, custom-built marauder. Did he um, come through it, with from Oxford with Wilder? I no, seem I don't to remember be... him being Oxford, but maybe I'm wrong. No, I've got him as Bolton and Blackpool. That's, that's ah, his okay. background. No,
3: there are um, now there is there 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 is um, John Lundstrom. The midfielder is ex-Oxford. Oh, ah, OK. I don't maybe wonder maybe. if that's what you mean. But um, no, but anyway, Basham, was I say, he, they did say he attempted a two-yard pass to Norwood and completely mishit it. But, uh, oh. you know, that's, he's the heart of a line, but he does give the ball away cheaply. But that's what you live with. Um, Martin Craney can cover on the right, but he can also cover at wing back as well. He is ex-Coventry, mm. Mr. Dependable. He comes in for Basham. I think in a different style of football, you would put Craney in because he is a more technical player. Mm. He's good at reading the game. He's good at intercepting through balls. But um, they... He's better than Basham. They think he's better than Basham defensively. He makes less errors and he goes forward with a calmer confidence. Whereas Basham, as I say, he just uh, you know he's kind of like a an Anglo-Saxon or a Viking warrior. A terrible, <laughs> yeah. With
2: his twelve bookings as yeah, well. Yeah, so he's
3: yeah. Um, yeah. quick. Quick nod to a player I've always rated, and I'm sorry he didn't stay with us longer, which is Richard Stearman. Oh uh, yeah. Who, believe it or not, is the bench option there, which is quite shocking. He's really
2: good. But he's a centre back. He can play centre back or right back. Can't all right he? back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that suggests he can maraud as well. If you needed to. Yeah, if you wanted to. He tends to do. Away days are
0: great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
4: Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with Talksport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around, Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
3: He's been keeping it more simple, to be fair. Um, they but they they really trust him. He came in, I think, when was uh, when um it was Egan was suspended. He got he got he he made a heroic um Luis Suarez type handball save against Millwall late on in the game <laughs> and picked uh, and picked up a red card for it. It was right at the end. Millwall then did actually go on and equalise, even more frustratingly. But but Stearman came in for him. Um. I found this lovely phrase about him. Um, if Stearman saw you'd broken down on the motorway, he'd pull over, risk his life, pushing you onto the hard shoulder. He would then alert the highway uh, highways authority and recommend you a competitively priced and reliable local breakdown mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> he's, they think he's an absolute professional, and I remember him. He he came in and did. I could see why Mick utterly utterly trusted him when he was here. Yeah, it was just a um, shame
2: he was on a bit too much money at Wolves. I don't think. Yeah, he would have been. I think we could, could afford him.
3: Yeah. And uh, but uh, he's um, but that that that's their plan B there. believe it not mm. um let's look at the wide let's blast through the the the, the, the um the the wingbacks because okay. um because they actually work so closely with the with the the centre backs that's worth talking about. The big the big person the big name to talk about is Enda Stevens. We saw him play for Portsmouth against us in the FA Cup a few years ago, oh, very and he right has to them, yeah. blossomed. Um, Shamrock Rovers Villa Portsmouth into the Ireland team as well. I think he's grown in athleticism. The way they're describing him, he seems to be more physical. He seems to be. They talk about him being a machine, um, reading danger but bombing forward, and he's adding goals and quality to his game. Um, it's a toss-up with a lot of them. Apart from the sentimental vote for Billy Sharp as player of the season, um, Stevens and McGoldrick are the other two names that are regularly coming up. He scored a goal um, in the 3-0 win against Hull, but he didn't just score the goal. He caused chaos down that left side. They just couldn't deal with him at all. Um, he's turned into some player. He's grown. He's more assured. He's more confident. I think he's, again, as the team has grown, as they've they've all yeah, kind of 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 played with each other for years. So, yeah. yeah so he will play and he is a problem he can as i say drop into the back line as well if if um, o'connell is injured and on the right side you've got george baldock i think he will probably play above ahead of freeman um he's he's a more energetic player he's got good pace he's got an engine can hammer up and down the field issue is with him in the final third and that's come up before he's um his uh, attacking positional sense and delivery could improve whereas C- steven seems to have clicked that baldock hasn't quite the alternative being kieran freeman ex-forrest and Forreston derby player um and he's he's a very good attacking outlet on the right but they feel he's a bit weak at the back um and uh, so he's a form player and they, he he was brilliant with them. He, he when they got promoted a few seasons ago. But he seems to have plateaued, and Baldock has overtaken them. So I reckon you're looking at Baldock on the right with Basham and Stevens and O'Connell on the left. They'll be coming up and saying hello to whatever fullbacks <laughs> have the <laughs> pleasure of playing against oh, them.
2: Man. Yeah. So centre midfield. Yeah, yeah, the so Coventry central midfield. The Coventry
3: central midfield. Okay, who do you want to lead off with then? Any 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 names? Grab your interest. <laughs> well,
2: uh, Ollie Norwood's Norwood. Um, He's yeah. had a brilliant season. We've we've talked about him before. Um, mm-hmm. st- he's still got a little bit of an edge to him. Every now and then he'll mm-hmm. kind of um, he'll get some a sl- sly tackling. Or has he yeah. got? Has he been sent off this season? No, he hasn't. He's got eleven yellow cards though. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's just quarterback in this team really well. And then yeah. John Fleck, who I generally see as is, is more of an advanced player. He certainly was at Coventry. Yeah. Um, used to score goals. He was in kind of the number ten position. But how does that configuration kind of work? Are they yeah. alongside each other or are they?
3: They are. Well, I think they they are more Norwood tends to be the more of the sitter. Fleck. I mean, you described him perfectly. The, uh, Norwood as the quarterback. I'd say Fleck would be the running back. And in that sense, the two of them work well together. Um, Norwood. Um, they said he could they could watch him striking passes all day. His vision, long range, long range passes, passes are brilliant. Yeah. lovely
2: yeah. finesse. He's got Dave, yeah. Dave Diamond would say he makes lovely shapes. Yeah, with his yeah. He can,
3: uh yeah, exactly that. You know, it's geometry. Exactly, exactly that. Um, they, There is a small of kryptonite. We'll take it. We'll take it. It may not do us any good, but we'll have it. There is a way. To st- Millwall stood a man on them. They, they Before the Easter weekend, which was glorious, they had this awful one-all draw against Millwall where Millwall came desperate for a point. They battled. They frustrated them. They stopped them playing, and they got a late equaliser from, I think it was Jay Cooper scored in stoppage time. And they frustrated Sheffield United. One of the things they did was they stood a man on Norwood all game. That forces him deep, and when you force him deep in between the centre halves, he is way way less effective. You can oh, spray okay. passes from the edge of the centre, from the back of the, your centre circle, but when you're on on the D of your own penalty area, you're not. You know, it's the ten yards back and ten yards forward thing. Mm. So they did. They they have stopped him. And this is a few other teams. They said I think Sheffield Wednesday did that. Um, Earlier in the season as well. There's a little bit more. I think the it was. Yeah, yeah, it negates his influence. It's to negate his influence. That's the idea with it. And it's it, it also. Yeah, it stops. It, you beat yeah, me. Yeah, that's Sorry. what I thought of that one. No, you, no you, I haven't <laughs> written that down. But that's, that was That's what I was thinking. You were he saying it. Yeah. yeah that's, that, was, that was exactly what I was thinking. Um, he. The other thing that by doing that is it also slows their tempo down. Because Norwood can add that urgency to them. But um so as I say, no but Norwood is the he's the deep line playmaker within the team. Fleck, as we say, is more about industry. And this is this balanced thing again within midfield. Um he was back to his best against Hull. He's been in he's had an up and downish kind of season, they were saying, but bursting into the box, you know, running yeah. forward. And of course it's that thing when you run forward with the ball, you draw players to you, which creates space where those players were. So you're you know, you're automatically then starting to open them up. And particularly when you've got the you know, you've got the wide boys um, hammering up their flanks as well you can see the problem fleck they say rock Hall, hard hardest nails you remember this when you t- watching him at coventry oh, yeah. he may have had a quiet season but he's, he has been ever-present pretty much um they say about him his best work is when they don't have position, his possession his positioning is really really strong but he totally dictated the whole game they seem to just get inside Hull. hold i don't know if they switched off or not but um On the beach, but, maybe yeah possibly that but it'll be it will be those two the couple of quick plan b's they i don't think we're going to see them john lundstrom he was a very good player when they were going up, but I think they've now outgrown him. He's ex-Oxford United.
2: He's very, he's he's very Phys- defensive-minded as well. Yeah, yeah he's physical, yeah. but he's. I don't think he's going to yeah. give you a huge amount of threat yeah. going forwards. Yeah,
3: I'd be amazed if we see him. He's a tough nut who'll slow opponents down in the middle. Of I the would teams. take
2: him in League yeah. One. Oh I'd, yeah, he would he be should, the kind he... of player that we need. I think.
3: He's your gnarly midfielder, totally, yeah. totally in League One. I'd have him. He would be brilliant with, with as I say, that would free up players like Giselle, Bishop, whatever to, you know, to go and go and do their thing, or him and Downs in the big game. The two Ooh. together would be a. They would give that back, that back line, which may need more protecting than we realise. Um, but um, they say a cameo here or there when a the game is won. That's how I describe Lundstrom. And the other player, and this is a really sad one, is Paul Coots. and this is really, really tragic. Coots was a really Preston? stylish yes Preston Derby, he came through yeah. and he had a he broke his leg in a game against Burton in November 17. I remember this when I think it was when they, their first season up and um, they go a man down when he comes on now because he can't move freely technically he's fine but he can't get around the pitch he's la- he's lost his mobility they've talked about a few shi- shying out of 50 50s occasionally as well Um, And they threw him on against Millwall and one of them said Millwall would have been perfect for Lundström to go on against. You know, you go play in Millwall, you're defending a 1-0 lead, send Lundström on and he'll, you know, he'll kick the Millwall players as much as they'll kick him, you know. But no, they put Coots on and Coots was basically, they said basically he did nothing. But Lundström and Coots are the plan B's. Um, but looking at the other end of the field and at the more playmaking end, you've got Mark Duffy and Kieran Dowell.
2: And what these guys, is it's the one behind the two strikers. It's the one it? behind
3: the two strikers yeah. here, yeah. They, these are the these are the kind of the, the, the link players. Um, well, Duffy first, because I think Duffy's the man in possession, but I think Dowell arriving from on loan from Everton and um, in uh, in January seems to have upped Duffy's game a little bit, I think, too. They think Duffy is the one, he's more likely to create in the final third when Duffy plays well we play well without him the gap in midfield gets too big and the strikers can get isolated because Dal can drop a bit deeper and that can cause a problem that can unbalance the midfield they prefer Duffy His, he, he manages to hold play around the opposition 18 yard box and pull defences inside out that's the, that's he but he's he's a more technical player I think Dowell has more energy and industry about him but Duffy will slow the game down a little bit. They try to describe him sometimes as being ponderous and slow and losing possession. Um, but he can glide past players with ease. And he, But they also describe him a bit like McGoldrick, as somebody who won't let let this chance slip through his fingers. He's 33 now. He's played for what? Southport, Morecambe, Scunthorpe, Doncaster. Oh, wow. He's been a lower league journeyman. Here's an opportunity to get... You know, this is... Yeah, the moment in the sun. Whereas you know, whereas Kieran Dowell is what, he's about twelve years younger than him. Um and Dow he played on loan for Forrest last year. Yeah, lovely left foot, is it? Left yes. yeah. Yes, I think he yes, that's right. He's um, but he's he was criminally underused by Karanka, that's what they were saying about him. Now the, the contrast with him is that Dow will travel more with the ball, he's paceier. he's more direct. Whereas, um, as I say, Duffy is more kind of Conceded. interesting threaded pass. Yeah. exactly that, yeah. Um, Dow he does look after the ball, but he runs all day. And they think he's going to be Duffy's successor if they do go up. So whereas at the moment, it's Duffy with Dowell as the, of the bench option. If they get promoted, let's talk to Everton, see if they could sign him in a successful team. And then Dowell plays and Duffy is the bench option. As I aware. mean, that's
2: the thing with these loan signings, that all three of them, arguably, if they're yeah. not promoted, they yeah. can make permanent, you know, even if they were to finish in the in the playoffs and maybe not go up, you could still possibly get Hogan and or Medin as well. Yep. Dow might come for another season as well, or Everton might. Mm. Um, it's yeah. it's planning ahead as well as much as yeah. g- giving yourself a bit of a lift yeah. to get towards the playoffs, which is what we didn't do. We we kind of in 1415 we kind of mm. b- b- bolstered the squad, didn't we? Rather than supplement yep. our f- starting eleven, but each of these True. players could could go straight into that team, and Dow is certainly one of those.
3: There is a strategic side to so it. There was a lovely line. Which they disc- which was used about Wilder. We remember Ben and I. We talked Sheffield United are one of the progressives. We talked about mm-hmm. the five progressives in the league, the teams who are progressing slowly and incrementally every year, but progressing most years. Um, and they he said, and you just said it. The constant evolution we have seen under Wilder will continue, and X number of players will sign this summer. So you just say constant evolution, and that's the the, the thinking of those players coming in echoes that constant evolution. Mm. Yeah, I think
2: if. Uh, I mean, I want this to be true, um, but if Sheffield United finish second or go up through the playoffs, I, I seem to think they'll have a better strategy for survival than Norwich will. Um, I'm reading today that Norwich are going to cap their spending in the Premier League to 20 million. But I, I think they Norwich's defence needs oh. some serious upgrades. And I think probably they yeah. need to give... Pookie some help as well. I think Sheffield United's squad actually is a little bit more stable and can yeah. be evolved a lot easier than than maybe Norwich But as I say, maybe that's maybe that's wishful thinking on my part.
3: But no, there there is logic in that. I mean, again, the thing is the teams who do go up generally with that coherent model of play that is well established. I mean, they've been playing this type of football now for what three four years, mm-hmm. um, and it's know, a, it, it
2: feels like a similar situation to us going up. You know, yeah, yeah. they, they might well, go up automatically, but.
3: No, Burnley's a good Burnley's a good benchmark for it You know, they if they can do it, and Burnley aren't once they got the European games out of the way this season, they they, they did. They had a a typical season and they just pushed away from danger. So yeah, it's it's it is entirely possible. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I am... um, yeah, that's oh. I say, That's Dal. I think we've covered him. Yeah, we've covered. Him. Yeah, I think he's um, Dal more urgency, a little bit more tempo, I think, than Duffy. But um, but I, my guess is they'll start with Duffy and probably bring on Dal. But who knows? But anyway, yeah, sorry, Rich.
2: I was just yeah. I was going to list out the strikers because we need to yep. talk about the strikers. We need to. So Billy Sharp, everyone knows about Billy Sharp, has been injured. Yep. Might come back on Saturday, which is. Perfect yeah. timing, like Callum Robinson coming into form. Um Scott Hogan, Gary Medine, David McGoldrick. Am I right in thinking that Connor Washington is there as well or is he out yeah. on loan?
3: No, no, he was a free loan signing, a free a free a free transfer signing. He cancelled his contract with Queen's Park Rangers in August, joined them bit of a fringe player bit of a plan b yeah, because he really is a winger i think i never see him as a striker but and they don't usually they don't have wingers the way they play and he's not and he's not defensive enough to come off the back i think one substitute appearance in the last eight games he had he came on um no i think he came on against hull actually um, but it was very much... Uh, there were 3 nil up. Cameo. Coming on, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. kind of, yeah. Just, uh, you know, sort of, I'm still here. Um, you know, he, he was very nearly a who-are-they-now kind of player. I don't think there are any who-are-they. Actually, that's the other thing. No, who are they? Marvin Johnson is probably the one who isn't a regular in the team now but if otherwise it's there's no wastage there's no, no. wastage I um, will just, yeah.
2: just quick scroll through myself I mean, yeah. everyone knows about billy sharp he scored the goal at portland yeah. road back in december 24 goals um mm. is he captain when he plays as well i mean he's yeah. he's yeah. he's um, yeah. well loved there as well he'll he'll be player of the season won't he um, adored sc- mm. but should we focus on well we'll end with mm. McGoldrick. We'll we'll end yeah. on a yeah. On a miserable night. Um, um, do you, a high. Yeah, do you, let's do you want to talk to us yeah. about how you're going to midday? Yeah, name?
3: yeah let's, well, let's walk through them all. A quick quick one on Washington as well. First of all, let's look at each of them because they all do something different and it is worth just listing out what they all do yeah. to give you an idea of the variety the, and the balance of attacking options they have. Remember, you've got these guys hammering down the flanks. You've got some fairly creative players in midfield whether it's Fleck running forward Norwood Deeper or you know who, Dowler Duffy however they played to configure them in the middle on top of that then you've got McGoldrick with his movement and ability to read the game you've got Billy Sharp who is so intelligent his predatory penalty area play and his they described him as being adaptable you've got Medine's aerial strength and ability to lead the line and he can come off the bench which is what they think they should use him for you've got Scott Hogan who I would describe as kind of a off the uh, shoulder, Pacey maybe? off the shoulder, kind of a Freddy Sears type, but only, yeah. only on, a little on bit a, more a, yeah, they're, they're yeah. a little bit more, yeah, and more to him. And and then Connor Washington, who can offer pace and get in behind defenders. Mm. So if you've got a team playing a high line, if all else fails, you can throw Washington on for pure pace, if nothing else. So that's that. That is that is, and not a lot of money spent. You know, a few loan signings. McGoldrick cost them nothing. Sharp is come up with them from League One. Yeah. Washington <laughs> was a cancelled contract. You know they. It, oh, yeah. That is intelligent transfer business.
2: Are there are there um, pairings that Wilder likes? I assume yeah. Sharp McGoldrick has been yeah. the standard pairing for most of the season. But that's 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 the big
3: one. The one who doesn't, the one who is slightly ill-fitting is Medine. And oh, yeah, sure. that would be the one that you'd pick out, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, quickly, let, let's just touch on Washington because just to mention him, um, as I say, if teams sit in deep, he's not really your man. He's better off if teams play a high line. We shan't be playing a high line. <laughs> I'd be I think we're going to be playing either a deep line or a very deep line, um, but you never know. Um, and he has, in a way, been superseded by Hogan because Hogan has got more of an attacking dimension to him. Um, Medin is. Um, he is. Uh, th- there are issues with him. He, he they describe him as a great option that centre halves would dread seeing with time running down. He wins balls with headers and chest controls if they're looking to keep possession, but um, they don't think he's actually good as a, as a starter. They see him causing problems, or, or or they said if we're getting desperate, there is also. We've talked about this before, Medine. There is an amber light with him on the discipline front. Okay. He got sent off against Brentford earlier in the season, um, it, it was uh, the spring, um, for two unnecessary fouls. He does have this in him. And I remember when we played Bolton last year, I think it was, under Mick, in this in the spring, or the autumn, I should say. I noticed a few of our players... Chambers. Or a few of them were just they, they were you know, they were trying to wind them up. It was a little bit like Sam Morsey at Wigan, okay, you know, let's just let's push a few buttons here. Lee Martin when we had him, this kind of thing. And I think he can be he can be um he can be needles, let's just say. So yeah, um, but okay. but the other issue with Medine, which you get also with the big line leaders, is that there is a habit of going long to him. Yes. Which you know, it's the uh, which know, isn't a
2: fit for this team. Apart
3: from maybe no. Norwood, maybe pumping yeah. those long yeah. balls if it needs But to. again, but again, you know, in a, you know, if you're under pressure, if you're under the cosh, that might be just that just might be the out ball you need. Deep but,
2: crosses, uh, maybe.
3: Yeah, know. yeah. No, they say deep crosses exactly, not forty five degree crosses. They said that, that that they're no use. But if you get deep, the other thing is you have to have players running around him. It's the classic target man, Hogan who was heavily criticised at Villa, he's actually found a team that fits his style of play. Um, needs balls played to him through the channel. We've not had a player up top with pace like his for so long. Um, and some fans are saying, well, what's he actually done since arriving? I think teams have, the rest of the team have had to get used to a style of play because you would have thought someone like Duffy or Norwood or even Fleck pushing forward would be able to thread the balls in that he needs. Even if the wide boys were just putting crosses in, you'd have thought the midfield could offer him a fairly good source of supply. Um, they say that they are, they do let, lump the ball up the field less when he's on the field. So therefore, he suits their style of play a lot, lot better. But he's not there to win headers. <laughs> no, nice. he's, a, no he's, he's another Freddy, as I say. He'll play off the shoulder, waiting for the pass through. And if we keep the more times we pick that pass, the more goals we will score. That's how they say it. Uh, but it tends their, their, their style of play. Often so they say it, we go up through the middle, then we go out wide, and then we come back in again. So this might that might be how they need to alter things. On the Billy Sharp front, um, they, yeah, much loved. Um, without Billy, we have such limited options. He's so adaptable. Um, Fox-in-the-box type strikers are pretty much gone in the game, yet most teams would like this one. He also, they said this, they said he can read what the other striker does so well. He's smart. He's quite selfish, isn't he? I mean, yeah. he'll,
2: he'll get on the under, end of something, as we saw in, yeah. in December. But actually, yeah. I think he's, he's quite... a. Um, I'm looking for a better word than generous, but you know what I mean. I think that's what he's you're saying. Selfish. No, he's unselfish. Yeah, he, he is. He tries but to bring out the best in his partner, yeah. is not he?
3: They said even when a move breaks down, that you see he's managed to get the wrong side of the defence. He's all. You, they can see that he has spotted the chink, and you can see what, that's how him and McGoldrick would click so well because McGoldrick has that same. You know, they've got you've got two football brains that have connected as much as anything there. Mm. Yeah, it's brilliant.
2: And 24 goals to go with it. Shall we? Yeah. Um, shall we end with McGoldrick then Harry yeah, okay, make us okay. all upset
3: I'm sorry I'm really sorry everybody I'm really really sorry okay I, I just I, um,
2: I, quickly how many appearances he made let me just get that number out
3: I think he's he on 15 goals this season I haven't checked his appearances but he's a, he's been a regular I mean the last he has 34
2: pretty- appearance, 34 starts 9 sub appearances yeah. and 15 goals yeah
3: and yeah, oh, don't man. ever, don't ever listen to us. I said at the start of the season he was comfortably going to get injured in March, and never yes, happened. We, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, he runs out steam in the yeah. uh, in Easter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there we go. So <laughs> the, Lovely goal, against was. It, it was. He scored two, the, the, yeah. but the, no, there was Curla. one. Reach inside, and he just, he just, yeah, perfect. Which we know he's capable. Of. Also,
2: ex-Coventry hashtag. Sorry.
3: Indeed, yes, indeed, yes. Twenty, twenty. Sorry, Harry, it's 13. getting boring.
2: You're not gonna no, that... like the League One players that I've called out as well that we were talking about last week. But... <laughs> brazen, but um, yeah, the, the
3: Coventry, the Coventry squad. Uh, okay, it's good. Uh, let's do, let's, 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 let's get this over with because <laughs> that's what it feels like. I'm going to read out. I, I've, I've got three times this volume of material. Let's just say it is. They adore this guy. McGoldrick is just playing out of his skin. Everything he touches turns to gold. What a player. He's technically supreme. He's playing in his own space at the moment and teams cannot live with him. I want him to score the goal that takes us up. He has been our best player this season by miles. Then you get what a what a bit of business. <laughs> That's the worst one. And then then just to carry on, one of our best signings ever. Even when you consider, especially when you consider the cost and the effect he's had, I'm amazed at his fitness. I've always liked him, but couldn't imagine he'd stay fit all season and end up playing near 40ish games for us. I'm not sure what happened to Ipswich because he never seemed fit for them. You know, it's just oh. the gods are mocking us they really are he's not just a goal scorer he links midfield in the attack he drops deep controlling the ball making good passes he's almost more like an attacking midfielder and he works so hard it's hard to believe he's over 30 and had such a poor injury record before joining us the player of the season taking everything into account has to be McGoldrick I think what the big thing is he has come good at the right time yeah. and they also talk about the fact that he has a real hunger and to be fair I mean leaving our kind of woundedness aside for a minute you wouldn't deny him this because he missed his opportunity when he was when he was linked with Leicester a few years ago. There was okay, that link, yeah. and, and the one time we turned down a move to to Luton when we could have lost him. So if he does get his chance, and he has battled with injuries, and I've, I remember I saw him at the Luton game in the um, in the League Cup a couple of was it last year? It seems like two years ago now. And he was coming back to it was when Whitehorn made his debut and he came on, and he was the one who got us really was the architect of the whim with the two goals, and. Um, I remember giving him a thumbs up as he went off the field. And one of those moments where the fourth wall is broken, I got a thumbs up back and I could see what it meant to him because of where he had been on the road back from all the injuries and setbacks that he had. So, um, in that sense, you know, a bit like, a bit like Duffy, you know, if he gets his opportunity in the top flight, well, go for it, boy, go for it. And, uh, we won't, we we wouldn't begrudge it. And
2: again, if you're, if you're one of those kind of people that likes to, um, part with their money to, um, and um, the bookies, then I would probably <laughs> stick a money on McGoldrick to score at any time. You know, yeah. if yeah. they get a penalty, not that he's great at penalties, that's probably one bit where he could do better. Um, he'll he'll score, won't he? I'm pretty certain he'll score. Yeah. Um, yeah. but uh, is there any kind of insights apart from remarking on how how he's managed to stay fit for so long? And I think I don't think anyone dismissed him as a quality footballer with a, a excellent footballing brain. It was yeah. it was the 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 kind of yeah, the injuries did hold him hold him back, but if they they remarked, to, I guess perhaps it's us. We need to look at ourselves. What what were we making him do aside from the commute, which I think is a sizable contributing factor to him. They did, they did talk about that. They did but, talk about that. Yeah. But it can't just be that. You know, no. it can't be. And I just wonder whether training methods or our style of play. I mean, he's yeah. an, a, an attacking player in an attacking team. It is mm. built. To support his game isn't it, whereas yeah. for us, you know we weren't an attacking team, and he was the one player that was dragging us up the pitch. that yeah. was maybe a, a really heavy burden for one player perhaps i don't I don't know, but man, there are some lessons that we need to learn after this last couple of years isn't there yeah
3: there are I do think you you're fortunate I think that just listening to you running through all the different kind of options in terms of what's driven the change. I think the style of play, it's almost an inversion of the Dizelle question we talked about at the beginning of the the show where Dizelle needs players around him to stop him being a luxury player when McGoldrick has all of this attacking wealth sitting all around him. He just says, okay, well, it frees him up then to, you know, strut his stuff basically you know you because know, everything else around him you've got the playmakers you've got the passes you've got the runners you've got the overloaded flanks so you know did he go on and do your stuff because we've done, we've taken care of everything else for you yeah. whereas possibly we weren't taking care of enough we were just relying on him and Murph you know for that one season win at all and that season particularly when he first when he first came across you know and he you know he played a key part in us staying up that year with mick um I think that's what I think that I think the model of play has allowed him to blossom as well I really Mm. think so Mm.
2: well we can't begrudge him as you say a a promotion and hopefully a a, a shot at the uh, Premier League as well yeah it'd
3: be fun to watch him
2: Great mm. stuff, Harry. Well I'm I'm feeling all the more confident <laughs> they're gonna get battered for yeah. now. I um, don't know.
3: There is it may not be bear in mind too though, I mean there is this there is this old I mean this, for them there's a lot on this game. You know, they're what three yeah, points pressure. clear, you know, a win here and they're up. There's a what the, it's a plus eleven goal difference or plus ten and a half, whatever it is. And there is this worry that they're thinking, you know, they have screwed up on these things before. There is the possibility of the pressure getting to them, but they're also. I think with the two wins at Easter, they think actually Leeds have now become the chokers, and for them, you know, they've now just been. It's a bit like in badminton where it's where you, where, when it's your serve, you can score points. They feel as if they've now got the shuttlecock kind of thing. You know, it's that type of thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah so and I when, think you're, a, when you when you want to
2: secure your second mm. place, and maybe even hope well. Even mm. better, maybe challenge Norwich on the last day for the title. Yeah, that would be fantastic. that would be fun. Along comes Zip Switch. Um, <laughs> I, I can confirm that Benjamin Bloom has um, endorsed um, the lineup. He's given me basically exactly what you said there. Um, yeah. Ben's seen him a load of times this yeah. season, and so um, he was, um, yeah, saying um, Bash and Fitness is the question mark over him and craney yeah. Um, yeah. and obviously Billy Sharp coming back in. Um, Ben also adds um, an interesting point here and um, about learning from the transition from Championship to League One, about resetting the spending um, and and not having to compete with teams spending eighty eight million in one window. Um, yeah, that's something we talked about in terms of evolution. But they will need to kind of, if they want to continue playing this way, they will need to supplement the quality, won't they?
3: They will, yeah. But you get the sense the way Wilder has set up the foundations in that club are so strong. Mm that they could do, remember Charlton way back under Kirbishley or West Brom and then Burnley with the teams who yo-yoed for a couple of seasons. You get a sense when Burnley yo-yoed under Deich, they went straight back up again. And my sense with Sheffield United is they're not going to bank the cash. They will they will spend judiciously, but it'll be done in a controlled way and they won't, Agreed. that doesn't look like it. Is that the type of team that if it got went up and came straight back down, that other Premier teams are going to come in and start raiding? I'm not so sure it no, is. I agree
2: and, and and maybe it needs to be a bit of a West Brom kind of situation from the Mowbray yeah. area where yeah. you maybe take the relegation because you've got 200 million quid in the bank or whatever yeah. and rebuild and then you you smash yeah. the championship up and then go yeah. up. Yeah. Because uh,
3: you you've done it once and you've got the quality there just make sure just 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 be professional about it or like Newcastle did under Benitez just a, some you know just control signings just to just to just to give that bit of daylight or quality ahead of everybody else. Yeah. Mm.
2: Um, let's mm. do um, a couple of bits before we move away from Sheffield United. I'll just point out the shirts behind me Ooh, are yes. two um, famous 3 2 victories over Sheffield United. Oh, yes. One from 92 mm. 93, yeah. is it? Or ni- yeah, 92 93 in the yeah. snow. Um, Stuart yeah. Slater, which I think I was at that game when it, uh, the um, snowed, yeah. t- the pitch got more and more white as the game went on. And the famous 3 um, 2 win from 2003 two three i think it is 10 yep. years later perhaps um no 93 94 thousand two, three. the uh, dale roberts um darren Ben, darren ambrose yeah um pablo canago was sent off um three two win. Oh. so that is um the shirts behind me let's do daryl's combined 11 mm-hmm. um a name that um has been discussed um at least um, well in the last two shows that I've been on um, the preview mm. show and the flagship show Richard Wright is in goal yep. for us um, yep. David Barnes is not a name that I know is that ringing any bells for you? It doesn't
3: he was a bit peripheral I think he played for us to 92 and 94 and he was with Sheffield United um I think I have him down. He, he's late eighties, early nineties. He's not. He's. I don't think he's. He's one that lingers long in the memory. But we're. we It's one of these formations. It's the other. I would have actually possibly the other alternative was Les Tibbet. Well, um, I'm
2: looking at this and thinking, well, Jay McKeverly could play there as well. Danny Hickenback can play there as well. I'll have yeah. to admit, um, I, didn't, I should have mentioned this at the start. I, um, I've been in Glasgow all day today, and I, this is the first time I've seen Daryl's team. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, and yeah. I probably would have done a bit of artistic license on some of these, Daryl, no yeah. offense. David Unsworth no could play left back as well. Actually,
3: well, he could, yeah. And but then, then who then? And actually, that would work because then, because the other, you've got Brian Gale, and uh-huh. you've also got Cameron Carter-Vickers.
2: Yeah. Oh, you're and, not going George Santos? Santos, <laughs> oh, of course, for the battle yes. of West Brom. For the battle yes, of West Brom, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely.
3: Yeah. so no, probably okay. Let's put Santos in. Yeah,
2: let's put yeah. Santos in. Or yeah. Manu Thethi as well from the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, then we've got a 3 mad midfield. Um, mm. This oh, hang is, on.
3: right back. Oh. Hang on, we've got right, oh, right back. back. Got oh the, yeah. Got the ever-present wing threat the north stand of gus Ulenbeek. and he's got um, but
2: he's got a stearman on the bench who we talked about as well i think uh, it's for comedy value i think
3: yeah that's true, that's um, true. yeah no you'd probably put stearman on wouldn't you actually yeah for gus yeah you would yeah because he did a good job for us right because he was right back really for us because it was, that was there was carlos edwards as well wasn't there and there was but there was chambo and tommy so it was Tyrone usually on the... He was generally played at mm. right back more than... More, yeah, just thinking back about that team. Okay, yeah.
2: Okie doke. Midfield, so we do not got a huge a... amount of options, have we? No, we but...
3: don't. It's quite no. balanced. In a slightly interesting way, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, Quinn can play <laughs> left. Alan Quinn, Quinn, left Quinn back, who, le- I, left midfield, who I who yeah.
2: I kept calling Alan, Judge, uh, Alan Judge, Alan Quinn on the flagship show. Um, Simon <laughs> Walton, Lemanell, <laughs> red card, walking red yes. card, Simon Walton.
3: <laughs> and and beside him appropriately another oh, walking, walking red card, card Lee Martin. <laughs> Lee Martin, <laughs> we we'll have a one-man midfield. In midfield.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well yeah especially uh, if you uh, play uh, George Santos or Mania so well. the, the
3: opposition manager you just look at your squad and say right who are the wind up merchants in the team that we I can I'm just thinking match Forget abandoned Harry <laughs> <laughs> you were not interested in their football ability you just send players out who could just needle the opposition you don't have to be
2: any good on the ball just 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 wind just him up grab, him, the, grab the shirt him, yeah, give him, him a kick anything you can
3: do Yeah, fantastic stuff oh, oh, the dear. front
2: three and we've got some good options on the bench as well, but I, I yeah I think he's probably got the right right one. Yeah, yeah. Marcus Ben, yeah, go um, on. Marcus Bent, who is based, it could have been in every single one of these combined 11s, really, couldn't he? <laughs> yeah, but um, most picks. Yeah, David Johnson, Mark two, um, yeah. and the aforementioned David yeah. McGoldrick yeah. as well.
3: Yeah, you kind of put him um, in.
2: But an honourable mention yeah. from me for John Stead who I thought was yes, that's vastly that's underrated.
3: True. Yeah. Um,
2: but we could also and, add Connor Salmon.
3: Yeah, the idea, of you know, <laughs> to make the game even more weird, we're down to one midfielder, and just as a ro- roll of the dice, we'll throw on Connor Salmon just to add, <laughs> just so that the ball can ricochet around the field a bit more. I love Connor Salmon. He, he as say, he was a walking argument on any forum when he played for the team. They just didn't know what to make of him. It's uh, managers loved him. It's Billy Billy Clark as well. That's the, Billy that's, Clark. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's an option as well. Mick Hill, Jonathan Hunt came up on on the list as well. So it's a yeah, good team though, and mm. a uh, fascinating midfield. <laughs> Darryl, thank, thank you. Darryl. Yeah, brilliant thank stuff so as much. always.
2: Do I assume did we do a Leeds one? I don't think we did. So we'll end the season with a, a Leeds combined eleven. Yeah, we will do. Um, that could be fun. I'm trying to. Th- I can't think of. Yeah, well, that's Daryl's job. We'll let Daryl do yeah, that. Darryl um,
3: start, get to work on it. Let's. Um, There'll be at least one Hunt in there. At least I think Noel Hunt might be. Yeah. Hey, oh on. yeah, good uh, shout.
2: Um, mm. let's do the Q&A let's just um, before we um, delve into the Twitter questions um, yeah. we have quite a, a good number um, today um, there was two questions we got last week and I'm going to apologise straight away because um, I can't remember what, um, I think Gabriel Sutton asked us about League One players and someone else yeah. I think it was a guy called Steve I think um, mm. asked us about um, t- comparable relegated teams um to whip teams are,
3: yeah the fate of teams who drop out of the championship into league one what happens to them Yeah. yes yeah,
2: so i'm steven McCafferty. yeah got there mm. um there was a, a, a thing i retweeted um from the guy who's leading the um prediction uh, the fantasy um premier league um steve jackson at gold Proge- projection who has a graph mm. of looking at the correlation of um team's relegated from the championship and their points tallies the next season Um, and his his statistical conclusion is there is a weak correlation between championship points and the following season one um season league one points title which i think is a good thing for us because otherwise i think we'd be panicking a little bit more but you've delved into this harry and done a little bit of research yeah
3: yeah the boys in the lab got 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 (laughs) on the case can i give a quick shout out as well to there's a, a TWTG poster who I've known for years. is one of these people who you become good friends with, who you never meet, as is the way of internet forums. A guy called, he's based in Australia, called Urban Blue. And he's follows the show. He's wonderful. And the biggest Blue Monday shout out we can possibly give you. Because he sent me a wonderful, we had a wonderful correspondence about about this subject. Um, because he, he did put a thread together back in December which did some work, and then I went off and did my own digging to see what we could piece together. Before we get into that, I want to mention one thing he did say, echoing back to what Darrell, one of Darrell's earlier combined starting 11s. Okay. Because um, he, he, he uh, I think, I think we we gave him a bad, we gave him a bad half hour when we did the combined QPR starting 11, which had a front pairing of Frank Clark and Alan Brazil, which was reasonable enough until you realised that we completely forgot Chris Kawamia. Oh, did we? Yes.
2: Oh, I can't believe we've done that. I can't believe I've no, got the show. it back me. December. It's gone back. it's going back to, oh. It goes back
3: to December. So uh, we'll, we'll 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 hastily apologise to oh, Urban Blue. Urban yeah. you, You've got to put Colombia in with Alan Brazil because that would be brilliant. That would be a fun. <laughs> it wouldn't be a dull attack, attacking pair. The, the 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 defenders would have sleepless nights. We should have Kieran Dyer and Massimo Luongo in behind them. Just to say, anyway, just to... But moving on, to- getting back on topic, um, we, we, there is some interesting analysis. Um, but, but we both came to the same conclusion that, and it's increased in recent years with the relative disparity in money between League One and the Championship, that you can go back up quite quickly. Um, I've anal- analysed that... Um, it's a, within three years. Fifty percent of teams go back up. This is going back to two thousand and four, two thousand and five. So there's a one in two chance of going back up within three years. And um, at, at, or in the, but in more recent years, actually seven have come up out of the last fourteen um, that have um, that have dropped down. Um, seven have come up within the next season, and five more managing it the season after. So the other two took longer. That's the good news. However, it also it needs to be added that. Um, looking back over the last 15 years, League One is a waiting room, or more accurately, a departure lounge for teams who drop down from the championship. Because if over just over 50% of teams go up, just under 30% of teams go down again. Oh. And it's no respecter of um, whether you're a small club or whether you're a badly run club. There's no correlation that way at all either way. So teams, for example, in League who are back in League One now, but who dropped within two years of going down would include Blackpool, Blackpool Doncaster, Portsmouth, um, Scunthorpe, Plymouth, Milton Keynes, Yeovil, they all, Yeovil went, yeah. Yeah, they all went down, they all went down within one, or, all of those actually went down within two years of dropping out of the championship recently and it's not a new, it's not a new or old thing so Yeovil went only two seasons ago, Milton Keynes with the season before that. Yeah.
2: Coventry, Colchester.
3: Yeah, Coventry went, but they went after about five years. Yeah, I was was going to call out Coventry
2: for this because their relegation feels like ours in that Coventry were kind of figuratively swirling around the toilet bowl for a bit. They kept cutting costs, um, which is why it feels. if you ignore the dysfunction of Cizu as the ownership, um, they had replaced managers quite a lot um, and they'd slowly all the quality had been sold out and youth players were put in who were were decent enough. But yeah. it just the cost cutting eventually caught up with him and then the CISU stuff has kind of followed after that. So that yeah. was that was what I kind of recall back from watching Coventry go down to,
3: to League One. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it was corrosive really wasn't just in a way. There's two teams leaving beside the, the three that went down last year in the last, of the teams that went down in the last 15 years, only two have actually remained consistently in League One, which was Charlton, who went down in, 19, um, in 2016, and Peterborough, who went down in 2013. They've remained there. All the others, every other team, apart from the three that just dropped, have all gone out of the league one way or another. So. I'm just putting it out there. There is. I'm not suggesting that we're going to get relegated or anything like that. But it's just. It's. It pulled me up when I had a look at, particularly after the Preston game, which did. I did. It did scare me that that, that we had that put in a performance like that, and it's easy to benchmark yourself again against the top teams in League One. But I had a quick look, just as a little exercise, because I know a couple of Plymouth fans. I said, well, what do Plymouth look like? Now they're in a bit of a relegation scrap. They're your kind of mid-table league one outfit and you've got an interesting group of players there you've got players like Ryan Taylor up front he's um ex-Rotherham Bristol Portsmouth Oxford David Fox he's 35 midfield he's another one of these gnarly midfielders we're talking about he played for Norwich back in the day um Antoni Sarchevich ex-Fleetwood in Shrewsbury I think he was on her setup you've got a lot of journeymen on you know short contracts um Lloyd Jones ex-Luton Ryan Edwards these are centre-backs ex-Blackburn Morecambe but they've got for example Paul Anderson a former town player he's a a bench option Joel Grant who played for Yeovil on the right wing Jan Songo who's a he's a centre back who they're playing him is ex-Blackburn he's been played as a holding midfielder you know you look you look at this team like that and you think well Freddie Ladapo as well is there. He was uh, ex-Palace, and I think he played for Shrewsbury. He in first first season there. He came in briefly, and, and you know Exeter, for example, of Hiram Boteng, another one of these. We saw him in the League Cup match earlier in the season. And you look at the Preston game, and you look at a squad like Plymouth, and you think to yourself, well, actually, they've got. We, we may have similar problems to what they have. When we mirror them up against each other, we might have a little bit more quality, but we may, we may not have the same amount of experience. And think about Accrington, think about Exeter. I'm not being a doom merchant here, but what I would say to everybody listening, I would urge everybody during the week, if you've got a quiet moment sitting on a train, have a look on transfer market, have a look on Wikipedia at some of the mid-table squads, Oxford, Wickham, Bristol Rovers. Just look at some of the teams that are kind of milling around in the middle of the table. Just inhale what they've got because be aware that's what we'll be seeing next week every week and mirror that then against what we saw not much, but it's easy to say it's easy just to look at Preston on the Easter weekend but possibly look at the, against how would the team that did played against Birmingham do against a squad like that Ooh. as well so you know the, the sense is to me we're kind of mid-table League One possibly upper mid-table League One and it's down to what happens over the summer and this go.
2: is why the likes of Mick Mills are saying that we need better players. Yeah, um, He he's yeah. starters were were Judge and Nolan, I think. And that was all yeah. he... And, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. we need a busy, busy transfer. It's going
3: to be, fa- be fascinating. One last line, I found a great quote from James Fowler, who's the Sunderland assistant manager. He said this about League One. He said, with most teams in League One, there are three to four real quality players and on top of that, there is a physicality and an athleticism. But he also said, interestingly, there is a variety of styles. It's easy to assume it's all going to be Lincoln. It's not. You get a variety of different ways of playing. So that won't be different. But the level of quality will be lower, but it will be augmented by Athleticism and physicality may not be a surprise. Mm.
2: Mm. I think we'll probably have to come back in the summer and do a bit of analysis on what to oh, expect in League yeah. One. I'm Some sure. early food for thought. Yeah, yeah, indeed, that's good stuff, Harry. um Have you got any League One players that you've called out as uh, for Gabriel's well, quest question?
3: Um, the ones where did I come up with? Uh, there's a few, just a couple of names. As I say, there's uh, I had um, there's a where did I go? I went through a load, whole load of players, and a lot of the kind of the high-status, high-value players are all low needs from bigger clubs. Mm. There was a couple. There was a, a couple from Peterborough. I spotted Marcus Madison, Ivan Tony, Jason McCarthy, who's a centre-back for Wickham. He caught my eye as well, just looking because you looked at the the, the the numbers, as it were, and then you kind of went and had to look at the forums to see what they say. One other thing, just to go back to the gnarly midfielder motif, we've talked about this streetwise midfielder. Some of the players who've been kind of pro, sort of patrolling around in League One this season include players like Lee Cattermole, Grant Ledbetter, George Thorne, amazingly at Luton, the ex-Darby player. Wow, yeah. um, he's been there. I think he might be on loan. Um, then you've got players like David Edwards, um, Dean Marnie, Stephen Quinn at Bury, Jay Spearing um, and uh, uh, Ahmed Kashi actually. He's at Oxford. These are all kind of experienced you know, they, they, they're, they're the kind of I'm not think we should sign any of those, but that's the kind of player a lot of teams take comfort from having in their midfield, if I can put it like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But they're, they're they're my three, as I say. I don't know that that's as far as I got. So so many players you'd look up, like Cameron borthwick Jackson, who's having a great time, Scunthorpe, or whatever, and you find nope, he's on loan, doesn't count. You know. Yeah, yeah.
2: So I, I I'm I'll call out a couple of Coventry players because yeah. it's shameless yeah. Coventry plug today, um, <laughs> and also uh, kind of. Uh, It sounds like there's light at the end of the tunnel for their ground share situation. The EFL vote to possibly expel them has been deferred um, whilst they put uh, I think a bit more of a sturdy plan in place there potentially going back to the Rico um, and dealing with Wasps which is good um, their centre-back pairing of Jordan Willis who's the captain and, and Dom Haim as well um, is. Yeah. and the Coventry team is um, just out hovering outside the playoffs probably a bit too much of a stretch for them now but they've got yeah. they've they've plucked players from academies um, from the likes of Reading and um, I'm trying to think of the other, uh, a few others as well Derby I think as well players yeah. that have got to be discarded on the scrap heap and have kind of converted them into their own kind of bright up right and coming players. So, Jordan Willis, Dominic Hyam, um, Connor Chapman, not front, is another good one. Tom Bayliss, yeah, central midfield, Luke Thomas, attacking midfield. There's it's a really nice kind of it is cost cutting, it is the kind of um, yeah. the cheap way of doing it. But they they develop these players and their academy is great as well. So, um, yeah, yeah Jordan Willis, um, Dominic Hyam, those would be the players that I would um, keep an eye out yeah. for at Coventry. Mm. Let's do some questions. We'll start with Matt Makins because it's um. <laughs> Um, at what point do we all wake up and it's August 2018 again? If only, <laughs> eh? If only. Season Don't hell. do it. <laughs> um, season from hell. Mm. Hopefully, Matt. Hopefully, it'll, it'll, it's, all a na- <laughs> it's all a it's it's a nasty dream. Um, Tom Dixon, um, with relegation, can you um, can you do a starting lineup for next season with, with who you think we'll be able to hold on to and who will leave? Um, maybe we'll do that next week, Tom. Actually. Um, mm. Again, apologies um, for my lack of preparation. If I'd read that question it's, in advance, I probably would have. Would have done a it's about, a, it's a, but... but
3: that is a really hard question, actually. I'll just add, a chip on that, because there are, there are so many imponderables. Yeah. There are so many imponderables. Me
2: and Joe's had a. Me and Joe have had a go at that, and a few other people have joined in as well on Twitter. So maybe Tom, have a, have a butchers on my timeline. Um, mm. I think we've left a few gaps, but the formation. I think I've suggested that maybe we. I don't think Lambert is going to go. For, is going to divert from the one up front, but we just need to get people around him. But we'll maybe yeah. come back and have a go at that, or or, or um, we're chatting with Ben about stuff for the off season. So maybe we'll come back yeah. and do that then. Um, Blue soap. Um, how many season ticket orders do we think will be sold? Um, I'd like to think we breach the twelve thousand mark and get that deduction. Yeah. Only because I've just got one myself. No. I quite like another ten percent off, but.
3: I think there is a movement. Definitely, I've spotted it. I know the Southwest Group, for example. There, a lot of members there are 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 who normally would be resistant. And given them, given the distance you've got to travel, you know, a three and a half hour journey to get over there from Bristol and Bath, uh, there are a lot of people out over in, in our neck of the woods who are buying season tickets who haven't before. So, I think it is drawing in new people. That's mm, the, yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. Mullet, um, our oh, mate, Mullet. Um, does Lambert have it in him to challenge Evans and sort this out? <laughs> Um, We've talked um, about the need to strengthen and get better quality, particularly in both boxes. Um, Will his record of walking away saying sorry continue, or is this the point where he needs us as much as we need him?
3: Good question. Really good question. I think Lambert needs us as much as we need him. And I think his yearning for a pre-season kind of almost betrays that a little bit. My hope and prayer is that Evans doesn't use... That leverage he feels he might have to squeeze his budget, to compromise Lambert's room for maneuver. Mm. That 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 is a worry, and not just in terms of not signing players, but there's another question. You know, I just hope he doesn't sl- slog off a few assets just to balance the books. Put your calc, you know, get gets his calculator out. Um, I I my sense is that given the problems if things go did go horribly wrong this has been really pessimistic let's hope we're storming along in october but if the if things do go sour my, my hope would be that the the fans wouldn't turn on lambert even though the football hasn't improved um
2: no we talked about that in the flagship show yeah. and there was i think steve yeah. Moore asked the question about um has evans kind of managed to escape again um, mm. with with people turning on lambert a little bit on twitter this week i think a patience yeah. and for the on field stuff Um, it it feels like Evans maybe got away with it again he's kind of he's one favoured by the season tickets pricing I think and the apology maybe Um, Mm. but but I think there's only so many managers that can fail under Evans tenure or uh, ownership before they've point yeah. fingership a uh, blame should point to him definitely yeah.
3: there, is, there is there is one common factor in the last 10 years <laughs> there is yeah yeah <laughs>
2: um benchmark um in the grand scheme of things uh, we've we've kind of alluded to this point as well but i don't yeah. think we've ever really discussed it um in the grand scheme of things could relegation prove to be a blessing in disguise for the football club do you subscribe to the view that this has been a long time coming actually the reset button needs to be pressed and we can make a good fist of it and bounce back and be stronger for it mm. um, Blessing in disguise? Do you think? I
3: don't know what you reckon, Rich. I think I normally would. Ninety-nine times out of hundred, you say relegation is never good. It's easier to stay up than go up. Um, but given how poor this side is, I think it's safer to rebuild in League One. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Given, you know, it's we're just we're just being so at last at the moment. We need to go down and just literally dismantle the thing and put it back together again.
2: I yeah. agree with that. And yeah. and I wonder to, so far behind. Yeah, yeah, and I and I wonder to what extent. Um, the fact that relegation has been on the cards for so long yeah. um, we haven't kind of flattered to deceive or we haven't had a bit of a rally got ourselves near safety and then kind of it's been taken away from us we we have been crap for a while yeah. Yeah. and no one should um, dismiss that fact so there's no we should be of no surprise that we need to improve um, yeah. and if, if we'd stayed up in the championship I think we would have been Definite favourites to go down anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um. Maybe it is the blessing in disguise. I don't think Benjamin goes as far as saying blessing in disguise because we'll bounce straight back up. I I do feel increasingly likely that we might if if we have a good season finish in the playoffs and then it's a bit of a lottery. It might yeah. take us a season or two to come back, but maybe it maybe yeah. it is a blessing in disguise. Hopefully it is. Yeah, I hope it is. Um, <laughs> Tim Pashley, I'll start with the second half of his question, Harry, given um, it's the only food-related question we have this week. Oh, we um, just... Eggs, poached, fried or scrambled for breakfast? Poached. Agreed. Good. Yeah. Consensus. Love that. Yeah. Tim as well. No um, given recent performances, can <laughs> we on Saturday keep under four goals go <laughs> or yeah. play yeah. like second half versus Brum?
3: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, I think it'll be related to the mood of Brum Lane. Mm. We touched on this earlier. They could relax at 3-0. They yeah. could relax at 3-0. That's not awful, I'm just saying that. They could relax at 3-0. You know, that's, you know, you, there's almost your fact, you're assuming uh, that after after an hour it'll be 3-0 and then the party will start. Um, It depends if you know, I, jo- I, I joked, I said if te- all season, if teams have either needed a result or needed to enter a poor sequence, along come it's rich. Um, I think the mood would be, you know, it could be that they're, they're, they're 2-0 up to whatever, 3-0 up, and they know they're Leeds aren't going to score fourteen, they're not going to, I think the Leeds have got to play villa, I think still yeah, suddenly, um, yeah. yeah so yeah it could be a playoff final rehearsal that and he would, but um the it's so in which case then they could relax and then it becomes a it becomes a non contact sport and you know Billy Sharp comes on whatever you know they start to you know wheel, wheel out a few old favorites Harlem
2: trotters yeah. Harlem
3: Globetrotters <laughs> and just you know, knock it all around and we can all go home happy and everybody and they finish the game with all the players clustered near the tunnel. <laughs> ready for the full-time whistle so that everybody can just get off the field before the crowd invoices. oh yeah I good see. point yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah you could see but uh I, anyway um
2: alistair. alistair olimar is is also i think endorsing um poached eggs, um just so everyone knows um arthur pickthorne how much of a weapon could Guion on edwards be next season hasn't looked out of his depth in the championship so should have a big role to play um, also, do you think it would be remotely possible to sign Daryl Murphy? I, I think it might be remotely possible, whether we would or not. Um, yeah. That's another thing. I think wages, as um, Blue yes. chipped in and said. And yeah. um, thoughts on Guion Edwards. I think I someone asked me whether Gwee, we had any saleable assets, um, or mm. whether I think it was Daryl, and um, whether yeah. might be sold by, his, whether someone might come in for Guion Edwards. I, I'm I'm not so sure, but um, thoughts on whether he could be an important player for next season.
3: Well, given our problems out wide, I don't know. It's It's been It'd be interesting to see if he can develop some consistency and work on his partnership with either judge or whoever we get up front. I think that's the key. The finisher that we get, in this, you know, whatever new striker we have or whoever it might be to give him the time and space to flourish. It's what we talked about earlier, that mid, wide balance. You know, I felt he's been inconsistent this season. There were other problems defensively as well but um but I think as an attacking if he's got more of an attacking side to his game in league 1 he could well flourish I would hope so I I'm yet to be convinced but yeah. um and it's it, but it comes down as much to his partnerships with whoever we're playing the two central attacking players will be um because that to you know just to get that to get that balance working I think and,
2: I've we've definitely um, it feels like he's a very much a confidence player as well. I think that, yeah. that's yeah, that it appears to him. That's
3: really, that's really true.
2: Um, on the kind of similar theme of wide players, um, simple question, Harry, from Mark Jupp. Um, Danny Rowe, discuss.
3: Um, he, he's an open book to me. Um, he, he he wasn't... I didn't think he was up to it under me. I saw him play against Forrest particularly where I felt he he struggled with the role. But then Mick never used wingers as an attacking sense. He always used them to double up on Attacking fullbacks oh. rather than out and out wingers, and he, from what, as I say, well, from looking at what Rick, Lincoln fans were saying, he seems to be doing well up front as an alternative to Matt Reed. I'd want to have a proper look at him in pre-season definitely. Mm. He seems to be. The, John Akinde is the other striker that Lincoln have been playing with, and they've talked about him being very potent in attack with role playing off Akinde. But the problem is, we don't need another player in the middle. <laughs> you know, he's. They've praised his tight control in and around the box. You know, they, he's. You know, he's. He's got a very good system yeah yeah um uh, he fits in with their system really well one of them rather outrageously said he's the striker we need to sign before we miss out again a which was quite a quite a, wow, quite, quite a wow, that's a statement moment. maybe we should have a look at him in pre-season then but whether we whether he you know have we got enough of these this is the question if he has become more of a central player you know I, th- I think we need we need wingers we need yeah. people out on the flanks who can stretch defences and who can give the central players options to play out to and, and give the fullbacks an attacking dimension so that they're not being hammered in every game you know that's that's what we need so I don't know maybe his
2: game has evolved because he's a wide player when he came with to us yeah. and maybe he's learned that kind of a that's Inside forward kind of position, maybe yeah. it, maybe it, we need a blend of both of those things. Because we do need to get players around the strikers, and if the strikers but, are isolated, and Rowe is happy to kind of move yeah. in a little bit, I don't know. I
3: just I don't I just have a fear we have enough inside forwards at the moment. You've got him and Judge and Dazelle and Bishop. Let's play them all in together, and we to the opposition out.
2: <laughs> just that's, that's, you know, that's we'll do the Swansea floating thing, but they'll all be in the middle, won't they? Yeah,
3: exactly. And they're all kind of just weird, you know just in some sort of amorphous kind of strange dance. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's continue. Um, a quick shout out for because um, um, he's tweeted. I don't think he's tweeted a question apart from to suggest that we get the guy from Burton who Ben did a preview show with in, a pre- in the last season to get back on the show. Um, ben Southgate, who I went to primary school with. I had one, one of these moments where someone from Twitter said, are you so-and-so from so-and-so? And um, yeah, this guy is, lives in Australia now, in Sydney. We went to primary school together some over God. 20 years ago. I, I, over 25 years ago. I'm, I'm forgetting how old I am. I'm bloody hell. Almost 30 years. Bloody hell, I'm so old. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, Joe Fares, we've, you mentioned this at the start. Um, with odds available for us to win on Saturday. Say at 20 to 1 have we ever been such underdogs for a league game and are these odds generous or fair
3: i looked it up i couldn't find anything stronger than that um i think they're god i don't know it's uh, you might you might say that they're you know if we did no what am i saying if we did score an early goal but what am
2: what am i saying it's if when we scored early, go No, sorry. When, when, when we.
3: It's not It's what a season it's been. Like, you know, we're having this. It feels like a very surreal conversation, this Richard. It really, really does. When you find yourself talking very really calmly, but when they get. When Sheffield United get to three, they'll ease off. You know, <laughs> what is going on here? Um, what, I don't would say, what would Vince, uh, Vince say, Harry? Vince. No, Vince. How dare say, you like, accept mediocrity? You play, Exactly, he'd say you play with passion, you play with pride, you go out on the front foot. You're professional, you're loyal to your fans. You, you, you should. And I can hear him now in my head. He'd be full, you know, Fort Italia, Forza Napoli. but then in Forte, Forte, He called, it says Forza Azzurri, with the Ipswich of the Blues. Um, and he would say that you've got to go out. You have a duty to your fans and a duty to the heritage of the club, not to roll over and let them and and that Sheffield United stuff us. But um, hmm. looking at the quality, possibly. Twenty to one is about right, actually, but given everything else, and given the sense of belief that they have in Sheffield United, they're not going to turn up and think it's won. Wilder isn't that type of manager; he won't let them go out thinking that the game is already won. Mm. They will, they will be professional about it. You know? They
2: haven't beaten us so far this season, Harry. So you never know. But I've also, I think I replied to Joe on the Blue Monday WhatsApp group. I've come to. Um, understand that the bookies generally know their stuff they um, do because they were they've they called our our season now actually didn't they fairly early doors Um, and joe also um has asked if we can plug the under 18s fixture on saturday so i'll do that now um they face sheffield wednesday away um uh, in their playoff semi-final at hillsborough at hillsborough oh great um on on saturday morning 11 a.m kickoff um, so if you're travelling up for Sheffield United in the afternoon, because that's a 5:15 game. It's
3: right a 5:15 game, so um, you could do one, have have an afternoon, bit of lunch, whatever. Walk around Sheffield. It's a lovely city. Yeah. yeah. Um,
2: and and as Joe says, it'd be brilliant for the for the young players if there's Zipswich fans, yes. friendly faces. Um, who are going to the Sheffield United game, or even not, you know, as we yeah. joked about the flagship, show, you've got a good chance of seeing Ipswich win in Sheffield on Saturday. Yeah. If you head to Hillsborough, 11am kickoff, yeah. um, if you can make that, that would be brilliant. So yeah, try and, mm. go and give the guys your support. Um, I'm yeah. sure that would be appreciated. Um, final questions. Um, given Sheffield United can still catch them, um, this is FPL Tractor. Should we pick crazy, bluey, various fans uh, let them have the win um, i don't think we I, the sad thing is i don't think we need to do that fbo attractor that's a yeah. disappointing thing but i'm yeah. quite happy to play right back yeah I've got i wrote down here i
3: said i wonder what larson tour is doing these days i don't know <laughs> see see who else we can who else we can take out you know the, the portman cup we should have the portman cup during the week and whoever wins the portman cup gets to play sheffield united <laughs> That might work. Oh, dear. Um, you know, the Portman Cup is the gameplay between the two sets of fans. Yes. Yeah. You know, you yeah. Can, yeah that's just, I was just thinking maybe do it that way, you know, and the prize is a day out of Bramwell Lane and you're closer <laughs> to the sky. action. sky. You're closer <laughs> to the action than you ever thought you would be. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> Bring your boots. Um, oh, I should have ended with that one, really. But let, um, let's end oh. with Sally. Um, Dennis Sullivan, um, Sullivan. Um, how concerned should we – this is a serious question – how concerned is, should we be with bargain hunters coming in for our young players this summer? Um, and yep. how quickly do you think Lambert will either release players he deems surplus to requirements and sign recruits for his, for the next campaign um, the hope um, from Sully is most of this business is done before pre-season I think we'd all echo that point I think we need to get, uh, learn the mistakes from last season and not be doing dealings right up until the first game of the season and, and actually yep. up to the end of the window um, mm. thoughts about um, young players that might be poached
3: its is, it it is a worry i, I, I given it's a concern given Evans's judgment his track record of selling assets and he does have a i fear he may have a reflex to bank cash rather than play it long term with the, some of the developing talent um that i am I've got a number light on that but I fear if he does the wrath that he could. You know that he could incur from fans. It's possibly just me not trusting Evans at the moment, but um, given yeah, why would you? Well, given, he given ten years of what we've seen, yeah. um, but let's wait and see what he does. Um, I hope to God he doesn't leave it because we have got some Barkins who could be hunted, and this does happen. I've seen teams who've gone up before who've you know this team, you know, Oxford built a really good team a few years ago, and their players get cherry picked. Um, yeah, uh what's it? The lead striker whose name has gone completely, Kimar Roof. You know, players like that. You know that. That sort of thing happens in League One, and we are more vulnerable to having not just Premier League teams, but we've got a whole heap of Championship teams now yeah. going to be going to, going to be looking over our shoulder. And but that comes down to how trustworthy our owner is. So we'll have to wait and see on that. As far as the the, the question about augmenting and changing the squad and who go quickly, that is linked to the question earlier about what's you know trying to shape up a starting eleven for next year. I think players will be moved on pronto, as there are so many. Lambert. The, thing, the one confidence thing we have got is, co- thing that gives us confidence, I should say, is the fact that in January we moved swiftly in the transfer market. Yep. It was planned. We couldn't get the quality. We were fighting losing battle, but we did move swiftly on it. And I think Lambert is champing on the bit, at the bit on this.
2: Yeah, yeah no, Stuart having, Taylor, who did the press yeah. conference today, has suggested yeah. that the plans are already in place there. Yeah. They're looking further afield. And I think in terms of the players out of contract... I think this is where sentimentality needs to go out the window. I think maybe before it's kind of, we'll give them another year. You know, no. when it comes to our players that have come through the academy, I can kind of understand that. But, you know, we were talking about Grant Ward on the flagship show and, you know, it's just not worked out for him here. The injury's no. sad and we, we we need to do right by him and get him up to fitness and help him get another club. But we shouldn't be making decisions on sentimentality or hoping for the best. We need players that can... Could be playing forty games a season. Are ready to go for it in League One, and, yeah. and are reliable. And and uh, you know, Addy Amy's another one. You know, mm-hmm. I think we probably need to move on a little bit as well. Mm. There's an
3: echo of what Sheffield United did. You don't just take players on out of sentiment or out of you know, it, it, or out of some kind-heartedness. You look at the model of football you want to play, and you build your team around that. Mm. That's what Chris Wilder did, and we can see on Saturday evening the fruits of three years of really good work doing that and that's what we should be looking to do look at how they've thought it through yep and follow that yeah
2: and using our budgets which are yeah. going to be <laughs> limited let's be honest yeah. one properly rather than padding out the squad with you know players on you know yeah fairly chunky wages yeah you know, who could actually that money could be spent elsewhere yeah. so many
3: teams have seen this coming yeah yeah mm
2: good stuff our, it's a shame we didn't end on FBR tractors um, more our, our um, the portman but it's, it's a big yeah, question
3: a portman it's Cup. it's, a, it's like a, it's a playoff it's a championship playoff or, or a league one playoff final you get to play a championship game at the end of it oh it would be wonderful oh, money
2: you'd have, can't you'd have, buy if a player scoring on goals you wouldn't want to go out there <laughs> you could be the person that stops David McGoldrick scoring a goal Yes. Uh, um, you could, could the, Nightmares could, the night you before. You could
3: be the player the ball hits as David McColdry's shot screams into the top of the net. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right.
2: Oh, You could be the one who picks the ball uh, out of the net five yeah. times. Yeah, bloody hell. Uh, um, well, uh, I, I, I've really enjoyed... The, the, today's um, episode Harry I, I, even though um, <laughs> there's a bit of gallows humour and um, certainly we're not looking forward to um, yeah. um, the prospects of Sheffield United I've, I've enjoyed it nonetheless thank you for as it's always um, your research particularly in the, on the league one stuff and I think more yeah. of that to follow, perhaps, and we'll yeah. have to think about how we can sign off on a bit more of a positive for Leeds next week as yeah. well. Um, yeah. Before we go, um, tell us about um, blogs and twitters and all yeah, that kind of the, stuff.
3: Yeah, the preview notes will be up on TWTD Friday
2: lunchtime, and they can be found on at Harry from Bath. Brilliant stuff. Um, you can find me um, at Ips Rich and our channel at Blue Monday ITFC. And um, Ben, I think, will be making a welcome reappearance for the flagship show and i think um i think it's me and dave i think i'm i'm making another appearance i'm getting um, mm. he's getting my money his money worth out of me um, <laughs> this week um, and I think there's a this week in ITFC history as well coming out as well so plenty yeah. of content we're also planning for stuff for the summer as well um, chats about season reviews and um, we've got a nice little idea I think Harry and I for something as mm. well so we'll yeah. keep people posted we might be able to divulge a bit more about that next week but um, yeah. really enjoyed that Harry thanks again as always And um, cheers Rich thanks yeah. everyone
3: for listening have a great weekend
1: on 116-123. That's 116-123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there, offering much-needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points.